welcome to Game Set Match Up, the podcast where we talk everything partnerships, the good, the bad and the ugly. Welcome to Game Set Match Up, the podcast where we discuss all things partnerships. Brought to you live here from Money 2020 in Amsterdam. I'm your host, Greg Watts, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Jenny James, our Chief Operating Officer from Finder. Please welcome our guest today, Keely Blair, Chief Strategy and Operations Officer from OnlyFans. Keely, hello and welcome. Hi, Greg. Hi, Jenny. Thanks very much for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. How are you finding Money 2020 so far? It's great, actually. Um, I had an opportunity yesterday to walk the floor a little bit, see some of the new technologies that are available, mm-hmm. meet some of our, our banking partners and our payment partners. And yeah, just overall really good experience so far. It's huge, is what I would say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's massive. Well, look, let's start off with some intros, if we may. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are, your background and your role at OnlyFans? Sure, no problem. So um, I'm Keely Blair. I'm Chief Strategy and Operations Officer at OnlyFans. Um, the most relevant part of my role to this is probably the strategy side, right? Mm-hmm. So where we're thinking about who do we partner with, why do we partner with them, and how does that further our business objectives? Um, so that's that's the hat I'm wearing today. Mm-hmm. And then speaking about the strategy element of your role, uh, what interested you in taking on a role that partnerships, you know, is such a large part of and, and forming that strategy? Uh, where from your previous career or aspirations has kind of led you to this point? Yeah, so I, I always say I have a, had a strange journey to the job and role I'm in now because I was a partner at a law firm beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, so partner, but in a different way. Um, and my specialism is in online online safety, um, online regulation, cyber privacy. Um, but as I started working more and more with OnlyFans, it, was, it became clear that that was the key part of their strategy um, mm-hmm. overall. And then it's how do we bring the best commercial partners, technology partners, safety partners, payment partners together mm-hmm. to create a platform that serves the creator? Because ultimately for us, every decision that we make, every partnership that we enter into has to be creator first. That mm-hmm. is like our North Star. Um, and our CEO constantly reminds us of that whenever we have a conversation about, oh, maybe we should look at this or maybe we should consider this. Her answer is always, well, how does it serve our creator community? Mm-hmm. Before we get on to the next question, I really want to ask, how did you go from law into what you're doing now? Because you knew I was going to ask that question. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, so um, OnlyFans was a client. Um, oh, okay. so, uh, as oh. a, as, uh, and th- so that was the reason why. And so oh. when the... Uh, executive team changed at OnlyFans. The CEO asked me if I'd be willing to come over and serve this role. Um, I'd previously, at the firm I was at, been involved in firm strategy and thinking about firm growth and all of those other things. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll definitely come and do this role, but I want strategy and partnerships and building to be mm. an element of that rather than simply the legal work. So I get to do the best of everything now, which yeah, is really nice. I'm jealous. And it's lovely that you'd had the opportunity to obviously work, you know, working as a partner yourself to mm-hmm. OnlyFans and then moving in internally to that. Brilliant. Well, so looking at OnlyFans, what would you say makes for a gold star partnership or a brilliant deal? And how do you go about creating them? And I'd, I'd love to hear the, the good, the bad and the ugly. Yeah, I think so. We're a very unique business, right? So yeah. obviously we are a platform where we have content creators who share a variety of different content, um, including adult content, mm-hmm. uh, with um, their fans. So we have 3 million creators, 220 million fans operating in pay- making payments in 101 countries mm-hmm. um, globally. So what makes a good partnership? As I said, first of all, it has to be creator first, right? Mm-hmm. That's That's kind of tick box number one absolutely must do that must be additive to our creator community 
Number two, they have to understand who we are. Mm -hmm. We're actually a very values-driven business, and we exist for the purpose of creating opportunities for our creators. So we've paid out over $10 billion to creators since 2016, Mm -hmm. which is incredible. And if you think about the size of the creator economy, um, I think Goldman Sachs produced a survey uh, earlier on this year that said the creator economy at the moment is worth two hundred and. 80 billion, mm-hmm. but they reckon by 2027 it'll be worth 480 billion. Yeah. So the size of the opportunity is massive. Huge. But we want we want to partner with people who share that value-driven proposition mm-hmm. of how do we keep our community safe? How do we provide economic opportunity mm-hmm. for our creators? How do we have someone who aligns with and understands that we're an inclusive community and doesn't mm-hmm. just go, oh yes, well we'll we'll serve this part of your creator community, but not that part right. of your creator mm-hmm. community. So we'd get a bit of that. So yeah. the yeah, bad. Is that, is that a challenge? That. Yeah. Is that a challenge that you do come across? Then is there you know people who obviously you're a brilliant organisation to work with, but potentially want to distance themselves and or not involve themselves in certain arms potentially the adult content within the platform yeah we do we do find that sometimes um mm. less so now actually we mm, yeah. we've been we've been on a bit of a mission to mm. help to give everyone uh more transparency in terms of how we do things why we do things and how we keep our creator community safe mm-hmm. and we're starting to see a lot more traditional businesses understand that yeah. get on board with the creator economy frankly because they see the economic opportunity yeah. associated with it right. and therefore be willing to innovate right mm-hmm. so in the past people would take a very computer says no approach mm-hmm. and you'd have some people willing to partner with us others not now we're seeing much more people who are willing and wanting to partner with us and mm-hmm. so it becomes a different value proposition for us where we're going well now we have options yeah we we get to pick and choose Mm -hmm. right so we get to see whose values align with us who's really serving the creator community Mm -hmm. who's interested in creating economic opportunity for our creators um you know we often get people who'll be like oh well we can partner with you and you can get a share of the revenue and we're like that's actually not how we do things because we don't allow advertising on our platform Mm -hmm. no i didn't know that so yeah there's no third party advertising on OnlyFans. Um, everything is driven by subscription prices mm. and subscription models. So um, it really puts creators in control of yeah. their content rather than it being advertisers driving mm-hmm. um, how a platform operates. That's very powerful. I didn't know that. Yep. And that's unique to yourselves, I believe, as well. Yeah, that is right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So most of the social media platforms mm-hmm. are heavily ad revenue driven. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Brilliant. So thinking about uh, your advice, if you could go back and give your younger self some advice some career advice and um, some, I guess, some things, top tips in terms of how you can navigate um, the world of partnerships, but equally just your career. What would you say would be the things you'd like to go back and tell your younger self? Uh, Say yes to the opportunities when they come. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I mean, uh, when I took on this role, I I did a lot of soul searching because actually I'd always thought that my career path would stay being in the legal profession and I'd achieved equity partnership at a prestigious firm and I thought that was was what I was going to do. Um, and then when you something else comes at you from left field, you go, huh, interesting. Yeah. Am, am I going to take that path or that yeah. path? And uh, eventually, after a bit of soul searching and talking to friends, family, everybody else, I was like, well, you know, actually, the the opportunities you don't take are the ones that you regret. Yeah. Um, so I think I would always say that to my younger self. It's like, take, take the opportunities mm-hmm. when they come. You, yeah. You'll learn something, even Absolutely. if it doesn't end up being the right path for you. You'll learn something from it. So. And regret the things perhaps you've done rather than the things you haven't done. I really, exactly. I know, I know it's kind of a very simple mm-hmm. thing, but I, I really believe in that. Yep. And and also, you, you, you don't have to stay. You know, if you try something and the worst case scenario is it's not a good fit for you. 
you, you yeah. don't like it. And then you, you, you can go back to what you're doing or try something else. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's absolutely right. Brilliant. And then in terms of, I guess, top tips, thinking kind of back more to partnerships, mm-hmm. what would you say kind of the characteristics or qualities you look for in partnerships and, and how do you think that, you know, you can navigate that and try and identify those characteristics yep. and potential partners? So it, it, so you, we talked about this beforehand, right, in terms mm-hmm. of the thinking about the podcast and I've been mulling it over and I think the thing for me is don't come and suggest a cookie cutter solution to me. I love yeah. that. Right? So that like some like there's lots of people who have conversations with me they'll be like, well, we know you do identity verification, so we do identity verification, so you must partner with us. And I'm like, well, we already have somebody <laughs> doing that yeah. with us at the moment. So what do you do that's different? Mm-hmm. What's the value proposition to me? Is it going to be faster, better, more secure, cheaper? But how, how do you know that? Have you tested your hypothesis before mm-hmm. we have the conversation, right? Yeah. Um, so I would say tailor, tailor your pitch. But why um, do you think people don't? do that because you know we're all partnerships people we yeah. do that as we live and breathe and draw breath why don't people do that naturally I just don't get it yeah it's, it's an interesting one um, and I think the other uh, challenge for me is like often I've said that I think I did a LinkedIn post on it before where I said um you know, oh, I saw it, that it's one. like, yeah, yeah and yeah. it's like, you know, it's hard getting in the room with yeah. a senior decision maker is difficult. Don't mm-hmm. blow your chance yeah. is probably the advice that I would give, mm-hmm. because sometimes that happens. And we'll be interested in having a conversation with someone, but we'll then get to that point And the pitch is super generic. They haven't been on the platform. They don't yeah. know the site. They don't know the challenges that we're facing. And so it's not a bespoke partnership. They're just mm-hmm. trying to pitch me a thing that they've yeah. got. Yeah, it's not a partnership. They've just seen <laughs> high transaction numbers, growth, you know, yeah. one of the areas that is, you know, is, is high growth area. But and yeah, it's, it seems really simple to say research a business and a person yep. before you reach out, even just getting a feel for, you know, how they communicate. You know, LinkedIn's a great tool for that because if people are posting there, mm-hmm. you get a feel for kind of their tone of voice, the things that are important to them, how they, how they, you know, how they express themselves, which can give you a good stead if you're meeting someone for the first time. It gives you, you know, yeah. that feel for it. What would you say the, the do's are? So in terms of, you know, obviously not cookie cutter approach, but yeah. what, you know, someone uh, or the best partnerships that you've been a part of, what kind of made those stand out as great partnerships over and above others? Mm. Yeah, so um, we have some really strong partnerships mm. in, in the payment space and in the identity verification space. And I would say the organizations that partner with us most successfully are aligned to our values. So mm. it's, it's that point about understanding that we're a creative first business and they need to be creative first too. Um, they need to be willing to be innovative yeah. because that, you know, we having a disruptive business model means that you are constantly going against the grain, right? Mm-hmm. So you're always pushing boundaries. You're always trying to do new things. And so you want partners who are excited about doing that and who aren't just going to say, oh, we've always done something this way. So we're going to do it, continue to do it this way. Being willing to tailor and grow a solution that fits our needs. So mm-hmm. we'll often say to people, well, you do 80% of the things that we want you to do, but if you could change the, like, the last 20%, it would be perfect. That's and good. then building that together yep. so that you have got like, a true partnership mm-hmm. rather than just a product yes. that I'm buying. Mm-hmm. So something that you put in, because I haven't heard of that approach before, I think that's really fascinating, is 80% is already existing, yep. great. Actually, let's co-create the extra 20%. Is that something that you've pioneered? Yep. I think um, I don't know if we, I'd love to say that we have pioneered it. Um, I'd love to say that we have pioneered it. I think it's driven by the fact that our platform is so different from others yeah. um, in terms of its structure. And so we always we don't expect people to come to us with a fully baked, perfect fit yeah. idea for that reason. And so being willing to grow and co-create things together, it, it's incredible. And it yeah. does mean then that that partnership is very strong. Yeah. Right. So you because you have invested the time you've mm-hmm. learned together, you've taken a good feedback. We provide feedback to suppliers, suppliers provide feedback, provide yeah. feedback to us and everyone grows stronger as a result of that. So 
And um, those are the partnerships that really work yeah. for us. I think that, that's, again, that's so foundational, so critical that that is the basis of a partnership there, or any relationship in life mm. where it has to be, you know, it has to be two-way. Both parties or all parties have to put something in it and get something back. Otherwise, arguably, I think that's a transaction and yeah. that's one way. Yeah. That's not a relationship where it's two-way. But it also shows the, the dedication and willingness to the partnership because if you've got a business that is, like you say, going to invest in that roadmap, going to make this, you know, these potentially bespoke elements to their product to suit that, then they're, they're heavily invested yeah. in that versus just trying to transactionally sell you a product to, to grow their base with. Yeah, and that, that's the difference, right? That's yeah. the difference between a product and a partnership. Yeah, absolutely. Like one thing's an off-the-shelf thing, something's yeah. something that you build. Yeah. Someone said to me that um, a transaction is a sale and yep. a relationship is a partnership and yeah. vice versa. And it's just simply true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looking at culture, mm-hmm. um, you've created businesses and partnerships for a huge amount of your career, all of your career. How do you go about creating winning cultures and high-performing teams and how do you align everyone behind your vision yeah i'd love to hear a bit more about that so um there's a phrase called the strategic corporal Mm. do you know that phrase it's it basically means that um everybody in the business should be able to tell you what the company's mission is and Mm. how they they are part of achieving Mm -hmm. that right so in terms of growing a high-performing team and a high-performing culture for me it's about everybody in the team knowing what we're all pushing towards everybody Mm -hmm. understanding their critical part in that mission um, and everyone being strategic right Mm -hmm. so um that's the thing strategy is part of everybody's role um in the business and we 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 deliberately hire we have small teams but they're very high performing Mm -hmm. um so we don't have the ten thousand employees doing x we Mm -hmm. have a small number of people who are very focused very targeted but they all are aligned behind the mission of the company and Mm -hmm. actually we have incredibly passionate people as a result doing what they do um and again that's because people get behind the creator community you know but for us and because of our revenue sharing model, so creators um, retain 80% of mm. any payments that are made on the platform, we retain 20%. And so for every dollar that we make, creators make four. And mm. um, so again, under- people who understand that value proposition, yeah. who understand that content in and of itself has value, that it's not ad driven, that we mm-hmm. want to give freedom of expression to our creators, yeah. so we want to create a safe community for them. All of those things, you, you get people who are very mission driven, which is yeah. great. Yeah. Right? That's, that's what you want. You want people who... Very few people will be like, oh, I sort of accidentally ended up yeah. working yes. in advance. Yeah. Like, it's a choice. <laughs> and do you find with the smaller teams um, that people are more empowered and therefore actually the speed, you know, sometimes I think the perception is that more people means more output, mm. but actually a smaller team yeah. who then become more, who are more empowered, like you say, have a strategic approach regardless of, of seniority in the business, yeah. but equally there's just less people to co- coordinate through, in my opinion, gets things done quicker. Is that something that you've you found to hold true absolutely yeah. i mean i i could not agree more mm. i've been in organizations before where there's a meeting about a meeting about yes. a meeting oh and, and, and the pre-planning stages and the mm-hmm. committees oh. and, and everything takes so long to do yeah. whereas for us we have a very you know very, we've got four person executive team and mm. we're empowered to make decisions quickly yeah. like things happen so we'll get feedback or something we'll, we'll trial a new project we'll mm. provide feedback to a supplier and we'll have something embedded within a week yeah i remember we're talking to, we're talking to um, uh, a new technology supplier and they were like oh well you know typically we say it's about four to five months to implementation we were yeah. like we'll, we'll have it done in four weeks Love like it. there's, yeah. uh, there's yeah. no way our dev team are going to sit on that mm-hmm. for six months because that's just not the way they operate yeah. so we, we do like to move fast and mm-hmm. we do like to make changes and, and that's great and it's a fun environment to be in for that yeah. reason 
How do your, um, <laughs> for, the, for that particular partner who quoted the four to five months, they must have taken a bit of a breath. Yeah. And so, so, <laughs> so how, did they, how did they respond to that? And how did partners generally respond to that pace, which is refreshingly refreshing, quite frankly? It depends. And actually, that's yeah. some, of the, some of the times when relationships fall off mm. is when people can't match the pace. Um, so mm. we had um, one supplier that just took a really long time to make mm. the necessary changes in the product that we'd all agreed were going to happen. And they were like, oh, well, we're going to put off the dev time. It's going to look like this. And then we need to change the privacy notice. And then we need to do this. And we were like, just, just get on with it. Come like, on. Yeah, let's move we, it on. We need, we need to get this done. Yeah. Um, and so as a result, they, they fell down in terms of our supplier relationships yeah. and, and now we've replaced them with somebody else. And so again, it's that thing of you've got to find the right match for you. Some mm-hmm. companies want a four-month, five-month yeah. development window. We, we'd be like, we've done with that idea now. We've <laughs> yeah. moved on to something and else. Can you hurry up? Yeah. Yeah. But Come also on. being agile, to your point, you know, the ability of having a small team, trying something, and if yeah. it's not quite right, rolling it back. In that agile environment, you haven't got the... Well, you can, if you're spending that much time to get it to market, then it's going to be a much larger investment in, in time to, if you do choose to scale it back than if you'd been able to implement it quite quickly and move yeah. on. Definitely. Brilliant. So we've talked about how uh, any fans you guys do uh, things a little differently and make sure obviously it's always content creator first. In terms of just par- the partnership space or at OnlyFans, what do you think uh, the future holds? Do you see any trends emerging or any ways that things are going to operate differently within partnerships? Yeah, I mean, so we, we are working a lot more with individual creators as well. Mm. So we've started doing some partnerships in sports in particular. So mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. one of the people joining me on stage later on is... Um, uh, a mountain biker, yes. Lewis Buchanan, yes, yes, yes. and so we've been working with him, and we've been helping him also to create like bespoke merchandise as Brilliant. well. So Brilliant. one of the other things that we've done as well recently is we've partnered with um, Spring um, mm-hmm. to have their API integrated as part of OnlyFans to enable our creators to create their own merch. Yeah, right. So if you want to, you know, Love so Louise, that. our other Absolutely. content creator, wants yeah. to sell like t-shirts with yes. a face on it, mm-hmm. she can do that. You know, yeah. that's that's the thing. And so in, in, again, empowering our creators yeah, to do that. Yeah, and additional revenue streams for for the creators to continue exactly. to grow and not, and not losing out the, the bulk of the revenue as they shouldn't, you know, through doing that. Fabulous. Yeah. So, so yeah, I would, I would just say, I would say more things that are focused on solving the problems for the creator economy is where I would love to see partnerships go. So it's yeah. kind of my call to action for everybody here in the building when we talk at Money 2020 is, you know, have you thought about what the next phase of the economy looks like? Because mm. it's not going to be people working nine to five jobs in one thing for the rest of their lives. And we all know that. But yeah. are we innovating our financial products, our, our advice, our roadmap to really reflect what the, the economy is going to look like going forward? Yeah. Just and actually the traditional approach is, I mean, that's exactly, it's a very good point because we all know that that's not going to yeah. be how it's set. But how much we doing about the fact that it's not going to be like that and yep. we're already we've already evolved out of it you know a lot since covid in terms of yep. just traditional working and it's only moving that way more forward yeah just yeah. on that i'm really curious this is kind of slightly off script i know i thought i thought you did i thought you did um so you were here last year yep. and uh, you know you gave a fabulous fabulous um address and keynotes beat there's a keynote piece on the main stage talking about um only fans and all you know you covered on some points that um we've touched on here about the need to change and move at pace and don't just approach me with a cookie-cutter pitch and all of the above. What kind of change, if any, have you seen over the past 12 months? Because you're here again now. Would yeah. you say coming back here now at Money 2020 and 2023, have you seen a difference in how people approach you when it comes to partnerships since you were here last year? Because I would love... I think that could be quite an interesting measure of whether people have listened. And I know that they would have done. Yeah. But I'm curious to know... You'll take your view on that. 
Yeah, I think that's definitely the case. So um, as we've kind of matured as a company and been more forward-facing and more transparent with our approach to how we do business, Mm -hmm. we're definitely seeing more people sort of raise their hand and say, we want to be part of that and and we want to innovate with you. And so um, there's one partnership in particular that we've been, we started talking to them actually last year at Money 2020 and and we're still talking to them now, but we're we're all so excited about the idea of working together that we we keep iterating the idea to be like, we, we... feel like there's a culture fit we feel like there's a product fit and we need to need to make sure that happens and um, but at the, originally at the time they were like oh i'm not sure we can we could work with only fans and now they're like yeah we're we're there we're completely bought in on the idea we understand your approach to risk we understand how safe your platform is and yeah we see that there is a really great opportunity here so we're evolving that conversation and it's great to still be here at money 2020 yeah. and see that progress right mm-hmm. so again it's the the next conversation becomes easier the second or the third yeah it's, it's interesting because from our vantage point over the past two months the the, the 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 vast amount of change that you as a brand can visibly see a, a, you know the impact that you're having across well, everyone here at M2020, it's just really interesting that you single-handedly have said, you know, if you take this approach with us, we'll listen. If you take this approach with us, we won't listen. And yeah. it's really refreshing to mm-hmm. see that you're single-handedly driving quite a lot of change in the partnership space, in our opinion. Mm. Um, right, that's good to hear. Well, I, well, I haven't really thought about it <laughs> yeah. until, we were, until we were just now. But, but, but you, you know, you are. You're saying, you know, approach it, listen and approach us and, and, and act and, and, you know, deal with this accordingly. But one last question, if I may, um, and I'm getting a look that we've got to wrap up, but one last question. What would be your final tip uh, for any budding partnerships people approaching OnlyFans? Um, my final tip, uh, I mean, we've already said do your homework. <laughs> I think, I guess the thing is, understand what makes your product different from your competitors. Yeah. Mm. So you need to know your product inside and out, right? And um, don't put a salesperson in front of a technology person. Um, mm. Again, is another thing. Our CTO is just like, his mind is blown when someone just, someone who's clearly an, uh, clearly an outward, outward salesperson mm. and they are talking to someone who's a deep techie yeah. and they can't answer can't the technology question. Just yeah. don't do it. Bring the right person to the meeting. So mm. invite the, your equivalent alongside them. Tailor again it's that point tailor the pitch tailor the team tailor the conversation so that it's meaningful and you're not wasting anyone's time because it's also not only that it's actually a massive waste of the the, the potential partner's time too because mm-hmm. you're not going to get you're not going to get the partnership out of it right so yeah. you've wasted your time you've wasted our time and like, and, and <laughs> no good comes of it yeah so like and you're kind of going well if you'd spent more time but done less you probably yes. would have been like Glad had less them. less less surface level meetings more deep meetings mm-hmm. probably be a better way to spend your time thank Brilliant. you perfect way to end uh, keely thank you so much for joining us um have a wonderful time at money 2020 and um enjoy amsterdam we'll see you soon we'll look forward to seeing what partnerships have evolved in the next 12 months and exactly. we'll see you here this time next year <laughs> thank you both. thank you very much bye 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 Thanks for joining this week's Game Set Matchup. Tune in to hear more about the need to knows and the do's and don'ts when it comes to creating successful business partnerships.